describe how we see things, and it really is a way that we, we get our point across. For instance, um, take the word righteous or righteousness. What does that word mean to some of you? Levi. Okay, justice, that's a good one. Anybody else? What does the word righteous mean to you or righteousness? Yeah. Holy, okay. Somebody else? Go ahead. Okay, being perfect in the eyes of God. All right. So those are all good answers, and they give me an idea of some of your perspective based off of what you think that word means. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about a young lawyer who came to Jesus, and he thought he had the meaning of righteousness dialed in, but he got a little bit of a surprise. So I'm going to start off. I'm in Luke chapter 10. I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you here, if I can see. Let's see. I'm getting a little old here. There we go. All right. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, talking about Jesus, to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, after one page turn, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to the man, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, and I actually looked that up in a different translation, in the Young's Living Translation today, and it actually says that he wanted to declare himself righteous to Jesus. So he thought, I got this righteous thing down. So he's, he wanted to say that he was righteous, and so he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because you see, that lawyer, he knew the law, and he knew the Hebrew context of the law, and he understood that there are two parts to righteousness. One is your relationship to God, having no other gods before God. And the other aspect is the way that you treat your neighbor or your posture in relation to your community. So this lawyer thought he had Jesus pegged because he's like, you know what, I've, I've done everything to help my neighbors. You know, there's the good Jewish lady across the street. I've helped her. There's the Jewish guy over here. And he was thinking his community was only his little group of people. So Jesus told him a story. One day, a man was walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as Jesus told this story, he said that the man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell among thieves. Now, these thieves were very noisy and very violent and very intense. <clears throat> and they beat the man and they stripped him of his possessions because they wanted them. And even, even in the midst of adversity, they pushed for what they wanted. They pushed for what they wanted, and they took what they wanted without thought of the consequences to the man who they had beaten within an inch of his life. And the man was beaten and left half dead 
on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho. Now, Jesus didn't stop the story there, and the robbers got really quiet after that. But Jesus, Jesus said that after that, there came a priest down the same road. And that priest walked down the road and crossed over to the other side to avoid having to deal with this member of the community who was having a problem. Now, what can you tell me about a priest? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So in Jesus' time, in the context of the Jewish temple, a priest had a very specific function. They were to serve as a clean and pure person to represent the people before God. And they would go and they would pray for the people. They would present sacrifices for the people. And it was very important for them to stay pure. So one reason that a priest might want to avoid this is because they were never, ever supposed to touch a dead body. And this guy was so close to dead, perhaps he already looked dead. And so in order to stay clean, the priest crossed over to the other side. That's one possibility. Now, after this priest passed by, there came along, Jesus said, there came along the same road, a Levite. And now this Levite looks a lot like our priest, but it's a Levite, it's not a priest. <laughs> and so the Levite came down, and that Levite had the same reaction. They crossed to the other side of the road and kept going in order to avoid the problem. Now, a Levite was a special assistant to the priest, and they also would want to stay ceremonial, ceremonially pure. But what has happened here? Is there a bad thing going on, a broken thing going on in society here? I mean, the man's half dead, right? Some people have made off with his stuff, absconded with the loot, and left him for dead. So that's not a good thing in society, right? It's bad. And the people who are supposed to represent the righteousness of the people have avoided dealing with the issue, correct? For their own sake. Well, Jesus is pointing out that this is not the meaning of that second part of righteousness, the part that relates between people. Instead, Jesus points out that there was a Samaritan who came along the same road. Now I have to tell you about Samaritans because, <clears throat> and the Samaritan can pause right here so we can get a good look at them, all right? So listen, Samaritans were half Jews and half whoever else had been in the country. Literally, the reason that Samaritans existed was because their parents and their grandparents and so on and so forth had married the wrong people. That's how Samaritans came to be. So according to Jewish culture, Samaritans were unclean because they weren't fully Jewish. They were not the same ethnicity. It was not cool to be a Samaritan. Not only were they not the same ethnicity and they were mixed like that, they had their own religious customs. They had their own temple in Samaria. And so when Jews and Samaritans would cross paths, they would often fight. They were enemies. Now, the, the Jews, whenever they had to cross near 
Samaritan territory, they would actually go on the opposite side of the river and go way out of their way to avoid having any contact with the Samaritans. That's how much they didn't, they didn't like each other. So in this story, Jesus is saying, young lawyer, you think you've done everything right with your community, and you think your community is only the Jewish community that you know, who does religion the way that you do it, who lives life the way that you do it, who married the right people. That's what you think. But in this case, you're going to learn something. So the Samaritan came, and instead of passing over, the Samaritan saw what was going on and felt, felt the pain of the person who was in need. And the Samaritan took their cloth, and they bound up the wounds of the man who was injured on the road, and then got him up and helped him to an inn. And the inn, the inn is at the end of the stage, right here, right there. And, and the Samaritan, <laughs> the Samaritan helped the man to the inn and then made sure that the man got the right food, got the right shelter, got the right resting area. And then the Samaritan, <laughs> and then the Samaritan told the innkeeper, because the Samaritan was still on a journey, the Samaritan told the innkeeper, I'm going to go and finish my journey, but when I come back through town, you just take care of him, and whatever he owes you, I'm going to pay it, and here's two coins to get you started on what he's going to need. And so then the Samaritan left the man with the innkeeper. Let's give my volunteers a hand. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> yeah, if you want to. <clears throat> okay, guys. So, yeah, but go. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you. Where do you see yourself in that story? Do you see yourself as the lawyer who's coming to Jesus and you want to say, you know what, I think I'm doing pretty good about being kind to the people in my class, or I'm doing pretty good about being kind to my family, or I'm doing pretty good about, you know, I, I got a good relationship with God, and I think I'm treating my people at my youth group, you know, they're my peeps, I got them, whatever. So it's, are you that person who thinks that you are doing the right thing? with regard to the people? Do you see yourself there? Or do you see yourself as like the priest who when people tell you about stuff that's going on in society, you kind of don't want to get your hands dirty with it. You want to not think about it, not worry about what you know might be broken out there in society. Or like the Levite who pretty much that was his same response. <clears throat> or is there something else? I have some kind of bad news for you. Here in the United States, we don't deal with any of the things that the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan dealt with. The background that I didn't tell you about in their area was that they were occupied by a sadistic Roman army. And if you don't know what sadistic means, it means they beat people up for fun. So the Roman army was an occupying force, and every single individual Roman soldier had the right that if they came across a Jew or Samaritan, they could say, you 
carry my army equipment for a mile in any direction. It didn't matter where they were going, and that stuff could weigh up to 100 pounds. So these people that we were telling a story about were under a lot of limitations to their freedoms. And in the United States, we don't really have that. We have wide open freedoms. We get to pursue most whatever we want to pursue. And often, we don't give a second thought as to what our pursuit is doing to other people. For instance, um, an expensive pair of Nike shoes that's being made in sweatshops where seven-year-olds are chained to sewing machines. We don't even have to think about those things because in America, we're not affected by the consequences of things that we want to do. I mean, we can bring it a little closer to home. I mean, if you're a guy in a youth group and you act like you like one particular girl, but actually what you like is you just like to have attention from all the girls, I mean, you're kind of not thinking about the consequences of your actions. You're just pursuing your own selfish ends. Who in this story pursued what they wanted without thinking about how it affected anybody else? Exactly, the robbers. I am afraid to tell you that as Americans, it's far more likely that we wind up looking like the robbers than anybody else in the story. And that's kind of serious because who knows what language I was speaking earlier. Go ahead. Yes, it was Arabic. No, not Russian, it was Arabic. Ar I don't know Russian. Arabic, Arabic is a sister language to Hebrew. And I'm going to tell you something shocking that I found out as I was studying for this. <clears throat> in Semitic languages, now that's a term that just means they're all in the same family, so Arabic and Hebrew are in the same family of languages. In those languages, their words are made up of roots, and the roots are typically three-letter roots. The root of the word for righteousness is the same root that in Arabic we get the word for trustworthiness, friendship, and friend. One aspect of righteousness is having a right relationship with God, but the other aspect of righteousness is having a right relationship with your community and moving toward the broken places in your community to bring peace and healing to those places. That is what the word righteousness means in Hebrew and in Arabic. Now, I know that that's a lot to think about, and I think that it boils down to a word that some of you might have heard before. It's called empathy. Can anybody give me a definition for the word empathy? Go ahead. Okay. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that distinction. That's very good. Sympathy is feeling a bad about what has happened to someone else. Empathy is feeling what has happened to somebody else and as if it's your own and letting that move you to take action for the other person. The Samaritan in this story, Jesus said, felt what had happened to the man who was laying there. And he let that move him to action to take care of it as if that man was his brother. Now the lawyer who had come to Jesus and asked Jesus the questions that led to the story, he was wanting to, you know, 
prove that he was righteous. He had a good relationship with his community and a good relationship with God. And so he, he was saying, um, well, then who is my brother? And Jesus did kind of a double switch up on him. He was like, it ain't about you, bro. He said at the end of the story, who was the brother to the man on the ground? And the lawyer had to admit the guy who did the kindness to him. See, he wouldn't even say the Samaritan. He said the guy who did the kindness to that man is the one who was the brother. And I think that's a huge point for all of us. Jesus has done so much for us. We are now free to look for those on the edges and to do for them what Jesus has done for us. So we're going to end this in a little bit different way. Um, I'm actually going to speak a blessing over you guys. So you guys go ahead and close your eyes, all right? I pray that you would know the love of God in your heart and in your soul so much that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are beloved sons and daughters of God. I pray that you would know this love so really and truly and freely that you would then be free to move toward others and to love them in a community healing way. I pray that God opens your eyes not only to him and how he is working, but to those who are on the edges in your life even now, and that you would move toward them and that you would love them with a love that can only be put in you by God. I pray that God gives you a vision for yourself that is equal to the vision that I have for you. I pray that you begin to see yourself as the leaders who are going to move through this county and this state and this country, bringing healing to relationships and communities all over because you know the living and true God and how he died for you and how he has redeemed you. Lord Jesus, we just pray these things and we bless you and we thank you for these guys and we thank you for our time together. Amen.